Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Have you ever been to an acting class, a theater, an audition, a set, and you feel like you don't know what people are talking about? We're going to go over some crucial acting terms today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Roxy, we have to first get to the most important thing we talk about every week. The dark jacket. Why, you ask? Why, you ask? Why? Because I'm teaching today some terms, and I felt that was more like educational in the classic sense, so I went for the classic teacher blazer. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. And less flashy than the blue jacket, uh, less um, collegiate than the collegiate sweater I well, sometimes I feel like wear. you really want people to focus today. You don't want them to get distracted exactly. by the amazing right. blue jacket. Right. You just you needed something yeah. that did the job, did looks the job, great, but is yes. not distracting. Yes, mm-hmm. very uh, pragmatic. pragmatic. It's my pragmatic jacket. The prag jack. And who am I talking to today? Miss Phenomenal Roxy Stryer is my name. with me me today don't wear it and out. so here's the deal we go to an audition we go to sets and they throw out these terms and sometimes and and you have caught me doing that on this show and had to call me out on it saying hey 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 people may not know what you're talking about because I've been doing this for so long and I always appreciate when you do that. Absolutely. And it happens all the time too. I'm sure for you, Sean, as well, calling your family back home and oh, yeah. they say, what are you doing? You say, I'm working on my sides. Then you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. sound like that crazy person because you're literally speaking a different language that nobody else I, understands. I, I've mentioned it before. My girlfriend will talk insurance speak to me. She'll be like, this is what happened today. We had to do the, this with the benefits and the, and I and I'm like, Whoosh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So we don't want that to happen to you. So we're going to go over some a lot of terms. Believe me, we're probably going to do a couple more shows of these for very specific uh, aspects of acting. But we're going to give you a nice general one today. And uh, before we do that, we're going to go over my week. One, two, three. Sean's week. Clean and simple. Just the two of us. Yeah, we can nice. make it if we try. We can make it if we tie. We don't. Uh, you can make it. Something on high. What's the you song? You and I. You No, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just, just the, the two, two of us. us. You, you and, and I. I. Oh, what about it felt high? Like you and I. Yeah, but what's high? I, I thought there was a different. I don't know. From I think the it's moment probably, I heard Frau say mm-hmm. I had a clone. Knew that I'd be safe because I'd never be alone. That's the Will Smith one, right? It's the, it's the uh, little mini me, Doctor Evil. One. Oh, jeez, um, wow, you did miss Mindy Sterling, didn't yeah, you? I did. Okay, so so much going on in my week. So much going on. Crust, my horror comedy. We did it. We got it down to thirty pages. Wow. We did it. For anybody who's tuning in for the first time, so you guys had to cut it. Yes, from... we had to cut it from a 90-page script to a 30-page script. It is Instead of being its own feature at this time, I'm hoping that it will in the future, but it's going to be a 30-minute segment in a, um, what are they called, anthology movie with three half-hour segments in a movie, in a fun horror movie with independent director who I'm going to bring in here, writer-director Jason, Jason Trost. Um, and his lovely wife, Talay Trost, good friends of ours, but they are so good at putting out really fun independent movies, and they've done a lot of them. Um, also, uh, what else did I have? Oh, I have two auditions. I had two auditions last week. One was in um, in the office, and it was funny, guys. I mentioned it to Roxy, but I felt... 
guys, I felt a little nervous. Why? Because I hadn't done it in a while. And so I, and, and I had my preparation as if I'd been auditioning a lot. So when you don't audition a lot, which I've got a big one this Friday as well, give yourself more time. And that's what I'm doing for this one this Friday. What is a lot versus not a lot for you, Sean? For me, you know, once, once or twice a week. You know, consistent. Well, just it's a. It's not necessarily a lot. It's just more consistent. So you get a little stronger as you do it. And every time you don't do it for a little while, don't feel weird that you feel a little off because you're. So allow yourself more time. One was uh, in the office. Uh, one was taped, and of course, Amy, my daughter. Who, if you've listened to the show, super harsh. Super harsh on this Not one. Not believable. Not believable. Do it again. Hate it. What's that face? Don't you know? It's very. And sometimes she'll just go. It seems so actory. Like just calling me out. It's I love it. And she helped me rehearse the other one and called me after her and said, "Okay, how did it go?" And she was saying, "Did you do this part right? And what about this part? How did that part go? Because it didn't want you to, you know, so good." And, did and it go so well? I'm hiring. Yeah, so I'm hiring her. Even though I was a little nervous because I worked with her so hard, it didn't matter. I was fine. And it was a, a jerky person. And at the end of the audition, when I thought. I wish I felt okay internally more, but sometimes, guys, if you've done the work, it doesn't matter how you feel. You're just conveying it. And she said, oh, I just, the, the casting director said, cut, laughed really hard and said, oh, I wanted to punch you in the face. And I go, mission accomplished. Obviously, I was supposed to be a jerky government worker and yeah. that pisses someone off. So I did the job. So sometimes don't worry about how you feel if you've done the work. Um Let's see. Oh, and and the one of them, the reason I hired my daughter again was it was uh, CSI New Orleans again a week after they sent me another one. So that means the casting likes what I'm doing. So I gave my daughter a little bump in pay. Whoa! Because if you know she gets little bumps, I give her little bumps. If uh, she that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I was. Uh, working on Psyche on Vine, which is a play we've done, and now we're getting some interest in a different, better realm, I can say. It, like, it's going to another level. Let me just put it that way. I'm really not allowed to talk to him about it that much, so that was really good. And and then I have a big audition this Friday. Movie show. Robert Zemeckis' TV show. Um, the Blue Files, I think it's called, the Blue Project or something. What um, is Robert Zemeckis doing? Yeah, exec producing it. Mm. So very cool, but it's a really good role, eight pages. So I started working on it today. I got it yesterday, so I thought, okay, when they give it to me on a Tuesday for a Friday, they want you to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. And they don't, you know, if you walk in and you don't know your line or know anything about it, that won't look very good. So I started yesterday, did it today. I'm hiring Amy for tomorrow. So, and oh, I had Amy. to move some, and I had to move some, uh, some students. Understandably, say, but when you tell your students like, "Hey, I got a big Robert Zemeckis audition," they go, "Oh, that's good." Yeah, that's <laughs> they, who you want your coach yeah, that's to be. That's who you want your coach to be. So that was really good. And then just on a weird side note, Roxy, you and I talked about this yesterday, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but please watch my um, how to deal with rejection in the um, in one of our episodes about the mental strength that you need to have in this business. It's uh, called deal, Real Ways to Deal with Rejection in the Business. I, I just have been working with somebody and they had kind of, they brought up their mental issues into the business thing and it's making things a lot, lot harder. So I'm not going to go into specifics of that, but just please, please review that. It's crucial, and I would think you would agree because you knew the situation. Absolutely. So, very, very important. So that see, that's a that's a big week, and then next week I take my daughter to Boston. So Which is we're also off big our week. week, big week. Very excited. Our my tour guide, Miss Phenomenal, is going to hook us up I with something. I know. I'm just so excited. I feel like we have to have you on like Facetime the whole time. I know. I'm so. honestly thinking about seeing if you guys can meet up with my brother, and he can give you a little. Oh like, my god, that would that would be so funny. We'll have to figure something out. But let's dive in because we have a lot of things. And here's what I'm doing. I even brought a pen and a little, I'm going to do a little scratch out. We're going to do a term and a scratch scratch out, a little scratch situation because we got a lot to go over. The first category is a little weird. I broke them into categories. And this is if you're sitting down with a creative person, movies, talking movies. And these may seem, oh, I know what that is, or maybe not. So if you know these, great, but some people may not. The first one is sci-fi. 
Now, a lot of people know science fiction, but some people don't know that the short term is called Mm sci-fi. So if you're saying a movie type, it's like, yeah, it's like a sci-fi film. And if they say it quickly, you may not catch it. So sci-fi is just short for science fiction. Couple examples. Science fiction would be Star Wars, uh, Battlestar Galactica, shows like that about space and the future. Two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Tons of the biggest one is obviously Star Wars. Um, I didn't want to talk about Star Trek. And Star Trek. Interesting choice there. That you know what? It's not. It's it didn't fly in. I love them. I love them. Wait, are you a Trek more than Wars? Uh, Well, you know, I wear my Trek outfit every single week. But now I'm a Star. Star Wars girl. I'm a Star Wars yeah, girl. Yeah. But I do like Star Trek too. TOS. Here's one. Here's a second movie term that a lot of my, I did this in an improv class, threw it out, said, hey, do this in the style of film noir. Right. And a lot of my class didn't know what that is. Film noir is a style in the 30s and 40s. Hitchcock did a lot of it. It's uh, with murders, intrigue, romance, uh, betrayals. It's a specific black and white style with fast talking, um, back and forth repartee between people. Best example, Double Indemnity, The well, I think the best. Uh, Maltese Falcon, um, Alfred Hitchcock did a lot of these, but film noir is a type. So if anyone says to you, hey, film noir, do yourself a favor, just watch just watch Double Indemnity there's even and characters Maltese Falcon. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart noir. was huge. No, I'm saying there's even more terms like a femme fatale or yeah, what femme you fatale, things like that. Some. Yeah, so just so you know that, especially if you go to an acting class or an improv class and they throw out a film noir you want to know what that is now this is a weird one it's not really uh terms but it's it is used in terminology when it's just a director's last name so you will say oh yeah 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 it's like tarantino and mm-hmm. so what does that mean that means usually high kind of crazy stakes with a lot of uh cartoon comic book style violence um if you say a fellini film that's an italian black and white very 60s uh, a lot of sex and sunglasses and you know intrigue and parties so they'll a spielberg movie what does that mean um so just know people's last names so this is why i told you in other ones research directors but they'll use these they'll use them literally like vocabulary words so give an example of a sentence so uh yeah i want it to be fantasy with um a lot of of cute with intrigue with space uh, kind of like a Spielberg film, um, and there is some violence, but certainly not as harsh as a Tarantino film. And that's how you would say that. And that brings me up to another thing. I'll skip ahead to it. Um, they will say, people will say, it's a cross between or think, and then they'll merge two people. So, like I just did as an example, a violent uh, space movie with creatures would be kind of like Spielberg with a, a cross between Spielberg and Tarantino, or think Spielberg and Tarantino. So when people say a cross between or think, and then they'll throw in two directors' names, you'll want to know what those Also mean. the term meets. Yes. Spielberg meets Tarantino. Yes, yeah, Spielberg meets Tarantino. That's another way of phrasing. Yes, exactly. So those, that's, a, that's another way to do these terms. The other one is, I, th- I was thinking of horror, you know, movie genres. Horror. I think we all know horror. Um, but ro- rom-com is a short, shortened term for romantic comedy. couple examples, Sean. Uh, n- Never Been Kissed. I think I know somebody who... Uh, no, actually, I don't. Notting Hill. Mm. Um, My Best Friend's Wedding, Four Weddings and a Funeral. These are romantic comedies. Um, what's the... Tom? Sleepless in Seattle and... Uh, what's the other you one? Got you mail. Got Mail. Yeah. So these are all... Meg uh, Ryan. Romantic... Com- I do. Rom-com. Okay? That's another term. So those are just like if you're sitting down with people, creative people. And you know what I haven't done? I haven't done my little... I haven't yeah, done, you my, been I done my cross-offs. Well, before really we move good. on to auditions, though, okay. I do want to just tell people really quickly a little bit more about AfterBuzz TV and what you guys can do to help us yes, out. Yes, please so, do. In case you guys are wondering, all right, you guys bring us all of this free content every single week. What can I do for you? There actually is something. Rate, comment, subscribe. Why do those things matter to us? Because when you comment, then we know 
what terms you don't know yes. or what questions you have that you want Sean to deep dive into. He's 30 years an actor, so he's got a lot of answers for you guys. And when you rate and subscribe, so whatever form of rating that is, either five stars or thumbs up, depending if you're on YouTube or Apple Podcast or wherever, that helps other people find us easier because the more people that are doing that, the higher we get boosted up in those algorithms. You know that math thing that Sean and I are oh so good at, which so is good. why we went into acting. So good. So rate, comment, subscribe. It really means a lot to us. And we read everything you guys have to say, including Uh-oh. your iTunes reviews. I want to read one this week because we have Exciting. a lot of terms to get to. Yes. This is coming from All Childress. Oh, Al Childress. Al Childress. I just renamed Al. All. His uh, title of this is, I love this podcast with two exclamation points. Five stars. Thank you. We appreciate that five star rating. Al says, I listen to it on iTunes. I rewatch them on YouTube to take notes. This podcast has been super helpful and has given me lots of information. Very helpful and relevant. I'm so glad I stumbled upon this gem of a show. Al, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And if you guys want to be like Al and have your comments shouted out, then make sure you're reviewing. I'm also going to start going to YouTube for these as well. So YouTube, iTunes. Leave us that comment. We love hearing from you. Thank you. so, And thank you so much for reminding me that we have to take care of that business. No, we're taking care of business. business. Every, see, I don't know. Do we always go low and I go, taking, taking care of business. Nope. No, that's no. no. I'm pretty let's sure just, what we do is that. never do that yeah, again. Yeah, what we do is just – so that's the creative process, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's a term that you call uh, scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch that. Yep. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that'll never be revisited. Yep. Mm-hmm. We threw that spaghetti to the wall. It didn't, didn't stick. stick. Moving on. Nope. Okay, auditions. Okay, what you're going to get when you get an audition, one of the things you'll get from your agent or even if you're looking it up yourself online is a breakdown. What is a breakdown? A breakdown is the breakdown of the movie, where it's being shot, when it's being shot, but more specifically, the breakdown of the of characters. So when you say breakdown, Sean, are you talking about a paragraph? Are you talking? It, it can be a paragraph a or a couple sentence you. written things. You're going to look it up, and it'll say, uh, "Sean, forties, fifties." Uh, oh, don't just don't. Okay. Caucasian mm-hmm. male, uh, thin with glasses, has been an actor for 30 years, beyond humorous and, and fantastic. Mm. And uh, then it would say, uh, Roxy, 20s, 30s, a uh, podcast hostess, fun, and unfortunately very judgmental mm. of Sean. Wow. And that's what that will say. Interesting the dynamic. Very, yeah, it's an interesting, it sets up conflict. So it gives you so what you need to know about your characters. It gives you what you need to know about your characters. So, um, and also a beautiful and fun and wonderful. So mm-hmm. I forgot to put that. Uh, did I forget that part I, on the I, breakdown? I feel like that. It's a little slip up. Oh, it went to the next page. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I, if I turn the, the page, page or scrolled a little further, right. I would have seen that part. Uh, so a breakdown is the uh, description of your character and the Project. So that's a term you need to know. Is your audition going to be an open call or a cattle call? Now, what does that mean? That means it's literally open to anyone. No acting um, chops necessary. Now, obviously, when you go in there to read, they're going to want you to do a good job, but it can be anyone off the street. Best example of this, and I think they've done it twice for Broadway and the, I'm sorry, for the movie. And for the live telecast of Hairspray, that was an open call, and they found their... What's the lead? Nikki Blonsky's character. Oh, my God. Good morning, Baltimore. I, I don't The lead know. character of Hairspray? I guess I don't know. Oh, my God. What is she in, other than that? Her, no, no, no. I just want to know the lead character's name. The uh, uh, cute, overweight girl that's the lead of the movie. Oh, my God. Okay. So, it's her. Yeah, look it up, because it's going to drive me crazy. Uh... Then uh, you are going to be reading with or go to the office of a casting director. A casting director is the person who is in charge to bring in all the actors. Michelle Pfeiffer? No, no, no. What I'm looking for is the character. Here's name. the IMDb, hon. <laughs> I don't know what you're. Uh oh, it went back. Who, what care? The, the girl's name. Uh, Tracy Turnblad. Tracy mm. Turnblad is the lead. I had no idea. Not a musical nerd? I, well, I definitely grew up in the musical world, but Hairspray was never my thing. No. I didn't Loved dislike it. it, but I saw it one time ever. Uh, Loved it. Literally saw one it, time. Yeah. I don't remember at all actually looking at this. 
Yeah, it's it's That's a really it. fun musical, super fun. Um, but that the casting director is in charge of gathering all the actors, looking at all the resumes, choosing which person they're going to bring in, which people they like the best, and then they pass that on to the director or the producer. So they are the casting director. They direct all of the casting process. Great. Next, when you actually walk in, those few, I crossed them out on mine, but they did on yours, but we'll jump to those because they're in the wrong place, but... You will be asked to stand on a mark. Now, what is a mark? It's 90% of the time, and it is even at my house, as you know, it's a little piece of tape on the floor. Um, and it's a pay, and you, they say, can you please stand on your mark? You go to stand and either straddle that little piece of tape so it puts you in the right place for the camera. The other way that that can be phrased is hit your mark. Hit your mark. Hit your yeah, mark. That would be, that's going to be in our future episode. I'm going to be more specific about that when we do, uh, when we do. Um, terms when you're on a set in front of the camera. But in terms of audition, they usually just say, hey, can you stand, stand on, your on your mark? mark? Stand on your mark. That's fine. And then they're going to ask you to slate. Slate. Okay? Slate means that you usually say a few things, usually your name. Very often now, and they didn't used to do this a long time ago, but in the last 10 years, and height. They want to know your height. Name, height, um, usually just name and height. When you're in the room, if you're doing a self-tape, which we'll do an episode on self-taping, sometimes it's name, height, character name, and city you're based in, because things are all over the country, and representation. Uh, When you're in an audition, the casting director will just tell you, hey, just we're going to slate you, just give me your name and height. They'll tell you in the room, if it's a self-tape, 90% of the times on the email that you got your breakdown, it will also give instructions for slating, and they will tell you exactly what you want. Sometimes they'll ask you to hold a piece of paper with the information. Sometimes they'll ask you to say it out loud. In a self-tape, a lot of times they'll say a full body shot, include that as well. So it will tell you, but basically it's just information about you. So they'll have it on film at the beginning of your audition. And you will be working with what is called a reader. Now, the reader is sometimes the person running the camera in the audition, but the reader could also be another actor that they hired to um, read the lines opposite of yours. Which is obviously preferable. Which is obviously preferable, but a lot, if you have a good, if you have a good casting director, it's fantastic. Uh, Wendy O'Brien, who does um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, she's just one of my favorites. And Lisa Beach, who's probably going to be coming into the show. They are just so great to read with, and they want to give you the best because what they give you is better for them anyway. Um, So they will say, I'll be reading with you, or they will say, and Ronzo is going to be a reader. Ronzo. Ronzo. You know him. One of the best readers in town. Now, after you do your take, they might say, can I give you an adjustment? I'd like to adjust you. Now, what does that mean? That means they're going to take your audition and maybe change something a little tweak. bit. Tweak. Tweak it. So you did it and you were whiny. Um, that's the choice you made. And I say, you know what? Do it again, but I want it to make it a little more like truly sad as opposed to whiny. That's an adjustment. Or, you know what? We got a note from the writer, and they actually changed the tone of the scene. Make it a little more energetic and happy than whiny. So they're going to adjust your performance. So that is an adjustment. And you will be reading off of something called sides. Sides are the audition scenes. Plain and simple, the audition scenes. The one they've pulled from the script that they want you to read. My Friday audition for the Zemeckis show has one scene. I mean, I have a whole range. And a lot of times if you're going to be a major guest star, they're going to want to see you throughout the arc of the story. And I have, you know, one kind of an intro scene. Then I have one that's kind of an excited scene. And then one's kind of a panic scene, you know. And But they want to see if they're going to hire you that that actor can handle that arc on the show. Um, sometimes scenes are very small, one page, but they can be up to eight to ten pages. If you have a few scenes, mine is eight pages for Friday. So, um, oh, and by the way, never ask me if I got that show. You just 
do it and throw it away, watch our additional one. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, those are the sides. That's what you're going to work off of. Space work. Now, space work is done in theater and improv, but let's say in your audition, and some people feel weird about this, but if they're small things to me, space work means that you're going to be pantomime something small. So for me, uh, on this audition, I have to have to drink something. And because it's very important to the scene, I have to do it. Last week, I did one where I was at a computer, and it kept saying he taps and stares at his computer screen. He taps and stares at his computer screen. So I did space work as if I was doing that and kept looking up at the guy. That's appropriate space work. It's pantomiming for something specific in the audition. Don't do a bunch of crazy stuff if they have a bunch of crazy stuff going on. But if you're going to punch somebody or and or you get hit and it really affects the scene, that's called space work. So that's another thing you may need. Callback. Now, a callback, let's say you go into – this is, could be at a theater audition as well. You're going to go in. You're going to do your audition, and let's just say they take that tape and they send it to the uh, director or producer, and they want to see you again because they've taken the 40 people and whittled it down to 10. You will get what is called a call back. You'll be They're asked calling back. you back. They're literally calling you back. This could also be you could go in for a pre-read, meaning you go in a pre-read is a term that that means it's just you and the casting director and she will decide if you're even ready to go to the next level and meet the producers that happens a lot in television but they're calling you back makes a lot of sense and then if you get the job and we're going to do a whole episode on this which is about booking that means you booked it you booked the job what does that mean booking means you've got the job it's like the acceptance um in the regular world, it's called you've been hired. In the acting world, it's called a booking. And so that just means you've got the job. So we will go over what happens when you book. We've done pre-audition, waiting room audition, then auditioning, right. and then we're going to do one about booking. Okay? Now, those are all my audition terms, okay? Now we're going to go into theater or acting class. Okay, uh, where because acting class ninety percent of the time are done on stages, so that's why I'm, I kind of decided to merge these two as a as a uh, category. The first one is when you are on a stage, you say stage right or stage left. Now, what does that mean? So if I'm facing you, Roxy, and you're on stage, and I say, move to for your the right. iTunes people. For, for the, the iTunes listeners. people, for the listeners. Yes. It so says, you're on the stage, and you're facing an audience. You're facing an audience. Your perspective from the on stage looking out is stage right or stage left. So if I'm on stage, and there's an audience in front of me. In front of you. Then stage right is, is my right. Your right. And stage left is your left. And in the same thing, like a compass, almost northwest, east, and south. Wow. What happened? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Upstage and downstage. So upstage is for. Oh, my God. Upstage is forward, right? No, upstage is behind. Upstage is back. Right. Okay. Because you know why? Because it was on a rake. It used to be tilted. That's why up was up. Up, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up is behind. You're right. Yeah. Wow. I just blanked on that for two seconds. Theater Uh, major. There you go. Upstage (laughs) is the back of the stage. Did you like that little head bop? That was support. It was really good. Okay. Upstage uh, is... So you're facing the audience, upstage is behind you, and downstage is in front of you towards the edge of the stage. So stage right, left, upstage, downstage. And your acting teacher will say that to you. Say, hey, you know, move upstage for this monologue or this scene. Or, uh, so you'll need to know those. Closing off or opening up? Closing off means you're facing upstage. Your back, your back is to the audience. You don't 90% of the time want to close yourself off. Why do we call it closing yourself off? Because we can't see your face, your expressions, anything you're doing. And then the opposite of that is opening up, facing forward. The other thing I hear is cheat out. 
cheat out. Cheat out. Cheat so out. Would and that would be thing. the same kind of thing. Cheat out. Open up. I say this to my students all the time. Open up. Open, open up. up. So yeah. literally take your body and turn it so that the so people that are out in, in the, the audience, audience can, can see you. you. Yeah. Cheat out. Opening up. Same terms. Good. Uh, all right. And now, wait, did I miss one? Uh, no. So those are some theater terms. Okay. Closing up and opening up. Okay. Then another theater term, thank you, is prop. A prop. What is a prop? A prop is something that you use in the show. So I have a coffee cup the whole scene. That is a prop or a property. That's why they call it. That's something that is there on the scene that I will use. So that's a prop. And that could be anything small that is used throughout the performance or your scene in an acting class. So you might have, like I said, coffee cup. For today, if we were doing a theater piece about this, my props would be a pen, a phone, uh, phone my cup. Uh, there are notes. Hair elastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair elastic. <laughs> Hair elastic? Isn't it like a hair? you call it a hair tie? You can tie, call it any of those. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Ooh. It's a, it's a fire prop. It's a fire prop. All right. And where do you keep these backstage? In, at the prop table. Now, backstage is the area behind the stage where the actors dress, undress, um, and wait before they come on stage. So in the backstage area, there's a thing called a prop table. And that's where we keep all the props. So let's say there's a coffee cup in this scene, but then it's not in the next scene. So they will take the coffee cup off, put it on the prop table, and they will bring, let's say, a cage that has a small bunny. And that's on the prop table waiting to go out for the next scene. Which is all relevant because somebody might say to you, grab it from the prop table. Grab it from the prop table and now you, you know need what you're to know for. what it is. It's the table where they keep all the props. And the person who most likely will tell you that is the stage manager. And the stage manager is in charge of making sure the actors are all in their places and running the props and the the stage crew, right, Mm -hmm. and in charge of the prop master, the person making sure the props are okay, and the stage crew, the people who are moving things between scenes. That's the manager of the backstage and everything that goes on behind there. Also, and this is more of an acting class term, but improv versus improvisation slash ad-libbing, okay? Improv is a now been kind of uh, taken over as the comedy form of improvisation, comedy improv. That means it is instead of reading a script, you come up with the story yourself in comedy. Uh, we did a whole show on improv with Mindy Sterling. So if you guys want to go check that one out, I talk about improv. Improvisation, I remember Robert Carnegie at Playhouse West would always go, we don't do improv in Meisner. We do improvisations towards scenes. So that's also you knowing what the scene is about, knowing where you have to get to, but you don't use your script. You improvise. Or you say this scene is about feeling sad uh, like the one we worked on feeling sad because you have to give up your boyfriend because you know he loves someone else more than you so you could do an improvisation towards that scene by saying you have to put down your dog because you know that they're going to suffer for a long time it's still a selfless act for the good of them but sad for you so improvisation and ad-libbing is when you take a line and maybe you expand on it with some words of your own so those are the improv improvisation ad-lib okay in class or in a show you might have a monologue mono meaning one monologue instead of dialogue which is two so a monologue is usually just a long speech very popular in Shakespeare. To be or not to be is probably the most famous monologue of all time, I would argue. Uh, And it is just a long paragraph or several paragraphs of the actor or a character talking to themselves or to an imaginary person, and you're all by yourself. That's a monologue. So if they tell you to do a monologue, that's what you're doing. You're not going to be doing it with anyone else. It's by yourself. When you 
are in the rehearsal process. You are asked to be, as you get closer to the show, this is why you don't see people when you go to a Broadway show walking around with scripts in their hands because they need to be off book. Off book means you know your lines. You've memorized them lines. So literally the book lines. goes away because the you're off of it. The book goes away, right. So that's these are kind of easy, and I like that you're pointing out. like In case you forget. In case you forget, use the common sense. Call back. Off yeah. book, you know, just use those. And in a theater play, you have an act. And an act is like act one, act two, act one, intermission, act two. An act is a chunk of time where a part of the story takes place. And then act two is after the intermission, the conclusion. So, you, so that's an, an entire act. play is made up of acts, and acts are made up of scenes, and yes, scenes and are made up of lines. And, and that, dialogues and, and dialogues monologues. And monologues. Yes. So there's a whole bunch of vocabulary thrown at you by Miss Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're saying a line and you don't want uh, the character on stage to hear it, but you want the audience to hear it, that is called an aside. So an aside for me might be, you know, I love those overalls, Roxy. And I turn, let's say it's a wacky comedy, and I turn to the audience and go, I didn't know she started farming. Mm-hmm. And, and so, then I go back. So it's for the audience's purpose, but not for you on stage. It suspends the disbelief and kind of breaks the fourth wall, which would be the, that's another term. That's right. It would be the wall that we don't have on a stage. So if you have three walls on the stage, the one behind you, which would be upstage to stage right and stage left, there's no wall in front of you. There's an audience. So if you look out into the audience, you're breaking what is called the fourth wall to have an aside. To have an aside to say a joke or a comment to them that the person on stage is not really supposed to hear. So this is something that they do often. Sorry that this is a reference now we don't use very often, but first that I think of House of Cards, for yes. example. Something like that would break the fourth wall and for an aside. And Fleabag does it a Fleabag. lot. Fleabag it's does better, it a lot. It's a better choice. Uh, and you would think you could say the office, but it's not really true no, because they're actually going to be in modern family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They're actually talking to a documentarian, mm-hmm. so kind of the kind of the same idea. Uh, there's a term called throwaway, a throwaway line. That means it's just said softly in passing. Roxy and I did a comedy scene the other day, and we actually were tweaking this last line for a while, and we really hit it when we did. You know, half half loud and the second half as a throwaway. Yeah. And that just means you say it as if you're walking away or quietly. So the same aside might be in a film or a theater thing like, oh, yeah, Roxy, I love those overalls. Uh, no, you started farming again. Uh, that's a throwaway. That's a throwaway line speaking said softly. Of, speaking of that one, just add one more in. Soto. Kind of so, Sato, Sato yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it Soto or Sato? I, I always said Sato, but I, I think you're I right. I think Soto. it might be Soto. I think you're right because it's only yourself. one T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's two T's, isn't it? I don't know, but I, I think you're right, Soto. Yeah, to you, to yourself. Now, a beat is a moment in time where some either self-reflection or thought or uh, quietness takes place to have the scene. Take a moment to reflect, or the person who's talking reflect for a second. Can you give an example? Perfect example would be, um, we're going to just stick with this example. Man, I love those overalls. I didn't know you started farming. See, I took a beat. If it was written, it would say, I love those overalls, beat, beat. then the second part. So might you say it's a synonym for pause? Yeah, like a pause, right? It is basically a pause. And you're supposed to in be plays, a... they will say pause sometimes, but in a lot of scripts, they will say a beat. So it's kind of like a quiet beat in music. You know, when a music says, you know, yes. take a beat, you know, or take a quiet beat. Um, the house manager, when you're in a the theater, the house manager, so this was all stuff on stage. This is outside. The house manager runs the ticket booth, seating the audiences, making sure everyone is in their right seat, R- helps the ushers, helps take the money, and runs the ticket booth, also makes sure that um, all the audience is seated and then will report to the stage manager that are manager that the doors are closed and we're about ready to start the show so that's 
called the front of the house. The front of the house is anything to do with the audience. Back of the house is everything, obviously, on the stage and behind it. So that's the house manager. Now, going up on your lines, going up, what does that mean? This one is not one that you can, you know, mm. uh, miss phenomenal common it. sense. You can't Roxy this one. Going up means forgetting your line. So it would be me, like, saying, man, I really love those uh, uh, shoes. Shoes. Uh, uh, that means I forgot my line. I forgot my line. So that means going up on your line. So if you hear a teacher say, make sure you know your lines, maybe off book. And I, you know, please don't go up on your lines, really know them. Um, and a lot of times when you say that, if you go up and you're in the rehearsal process, you might say, and then you'll throw me the correct line, I would say, uh, Roxy, I really love those, those line overalls. Overalls. Thank you. So that's, that is going up on your lines and then saying the word line, and then usually the stage manager, director will throw you the correct line. So a buyout, um, a buy, well, that's weird. I'm not going to do that one this time. <laughs> that's more of yeah. a technical term for later. Uh, Important, but not at this point. Not at this point, <laughs> right. Green room, okay? Green room. What is a green room? Uh, you can't rock see this one either. It is the place where the actors are held uh, backstage, where after um, either the dressing rooms will be there or they're waiting to go on stage or where they rest before they start the show. These are all theater terms. So the green room is the place that you will wait. Um, and that's basically it. It's just the place that you wait before you go audience, on stage. Not the audience, the cast. Not the audience, the cast, right? Uh, breaking character. Now, that would be a different way of kind of going up, but you're breaking the entire character. So if I said, and this was my character, this is my character for the show. And breaking character would be, hey, Roxy, I really love those overalls. I, uh, uh, ah, shoot, gosh darn it, uh, I forgot. That's break, all of a sudden I broke my character. That you can kind of Roxy, think about it. You have a character and you broke and it, it dropped, and yeah. it dropped and you broke it. You've actually stepped away from it. Um, it's something you're supposed to not do. Yeah. The breaking Back, character is not a positive thing. No, you yeah. don't want to break character, go up on your lines. You also hear people use that term, like if you've ever watched SNL and you see them doing a character and then they and laugh. And they start laughing. And people That's, say they broke. They like, broke. Great. That's a great uh, terminology or, or how it's evolved a little bit. Um, backstage, we already went over. Black box. Black box theater is a small theater that has black walls. It's a term. There's different types of theaters. And and a lot of small ones in New York and L.A. Uh, that have maybe 30 to under 100 seats are called black box theaters because they the stage literally looks like a black box. So that's a small theater. Blocking is what the director will have you do to direct your movements. So if we were blocking this scene and I say, uh, Roxy, I really love those overalls. And my blocking is he leans over. Looks at him, looks at her, squints. That's my blocking. My, it's your movement. It's your movement, um, and that is your blocking. And then you know, Roxy's blocking may be to get up and storm out of the room. Mm -hmm. So that's movement. It's directing your movement, blocking. And here's a funny one that people don't understand: is that they always say break a leg. And break a leg is the term for good luck. Supposedly, when you say good luck to an actor, you've actually bad brought them luck. bad yeah. luck. So they say break a leg. So if you hear someone say break a leg, or if you're wishing an actor to do well in a show, do not say good luck. Always say break a leg. Okay? Uh, now we're going to do on a set, on a movie set, really quickly to go through these. If you, this is a commercial set, a small independent movie set. You get a call sheet. The call sheet is an informational sheet. Wow. An informational sheet. Say that quickly. Informational sheet. Sorry. Three times. Informational sheet, informational sheet, informational sheet. So you're too good at all this I'm hosting just, stuff. It's, uh, well, I don't know. Did you ever get called was. out on those? When you were little and if someone said, say that three times fast, would you always do it? I was pretty good at it. I just never was. Which is funny because I mumble otherwise. Really? Sometimes. But I mean, younger. with this job, I would think 
that you've been trained to I do have better. learned, you Sean. You have learned very well. So a call sheet is an informational sheet that you will be either e- probably emailed these days that tells you everything that's happening the next day, and it will give you your call time. Your call time is when you are to report to set. Let's say you have an early day, and so it says on your call sheet, you'll look at your name, go across, and it will say your time, and it will say 7 a.m. That's when you need to be there. Also on the call sheet will usually be directions, the address to the place, contact information, contact information, everything you need to know for the next day's work. That's a call sheet. Uh, the grips are in charge, or the people that move stuff around the set. They're called grips. You can kind of Roxy that one. You can think about it. People who move stuff. An extra or background person. That is someone who are in the back. They have no lines, but they fill. So if Roxy and I were doing this scene about the overalls in a restaurant and we had a bunch of people behind us, those are extras. They don't have any lines, but they fill in and they are background workers. And we are going to do a whole um, episode about background workers with somebody from Central Casting in the next couple of weeks. So, so it'll be really nice. Yeah. First team, when they say, hey, calling first team, the first team are the principal actors, the actors in uh, the scenes. Second team are the people who come in and stand in for the actors. A stand-in is someone who stands in for you so they can do the lighting around you. So that's a stand-in when the first team are the actors. FX, if they say we need a sound FX, F, it's the letters, FX. Those are uh, sounds. Sometimes they will be explosions. Sometimes there will be crazy light cues. Those are FX, like special effects, if we've all kind of heard that term. Flying in. This is a term I learned when I was very young, and I still say it. And I don't know a lot of people who still say it. I but I will get I will get chuckled at sometimes when I say it. When you have... Uh, you called the set, and maybe they've called you a couple times, maybe you're in the bathroom, and you have to say, oh, I'll, I'll be right there. And then when you kind of, it's called flying in because you're rushing. You're rushing through everybody to get where you need to be. And so instead of bumping into people, it helps them know that you're moving quickly through all their work, and you go flying in, flying in. I and- hear it more when somebody's delivering something to set quickly. If, like, so if the lead needs a water Flying yes. in a water, flying in a water, so yeah. they know that you're moving, moving quickly. with something. Yeah, right. get out moving of my way. Moving quickly, yes. The camera crew, it's a little Roxy. I would think it's very Roxy. It's the crew that deals with the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are all the people yep. who are doing the Roxify lights. The, they Roxify that one. Art director. The art director is the people who set the tone of the movie. Every, all this, like if, uh, let's see, like Bird Box was going to be dark in the jungle. So the colors with the color palette would be dark and green. And the art director would then maybe match, uh, help with work with the costume director to make everything kind of drab and the and make sure the trees are kind of dark and make sure the plants that they'll have will be a dark green as opposed to a light green or if it's a set like Willy Wonka they're going to so that art director made everything bright and colorful uh it it's the whole scenario that they take care of the artistic vision or help the artistic vision of the sets the art director ad is the first ad assistant director first first ad second ad these are people who will be working directly with you they're the ones who help get everything and everyone in place so the director can do the acting and filming so that's the first ad they will be in charge of the one saying hey guys quiet on the set make sure we keep moving First AD is really important. Now, when you do your project, billing, you want to make sure you have your billing. That's where you are in the credits. Credits are the role at the end. Um, if let's you, say all the names on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to one, let's say you've done a scene from the beginning, and then they say, hey, Sean Roxy, back to one. So I would lean back, and I would say the overall line again. It just means start again, back to one. Mm-hmm. Camera operator is the person who operates the camera. He's the one who actually is literally looking through the lens. Um, And we're going to go over all of these more on that one I was saying. And we already talked about background and extras. So my stories from the set this week. So these are just the terms. We're just scratching the surface. Guys, if you want to know more terms and there's specific things you want to know about terms, please hit us up and rate, comment, subscribe, and, and put the comments in the iTunes so we can address the things you want to hear. 
year. My story from the set is going to be precision driver. Do you know what that is? That's no. a term. A precision driver is not a stunt driver. So when I was on the movie Twister, I was approached by the precision driving team because I drove my truck very fast and stuff, and they thought that I actually did very, very well. And they said, hey, Sean, if you would like to join our team and be a precision driver when you get back to L.A., you can. Because I had to do some pretty rough driving, and I got so skilled over those few months driving my truck in Twister. So a precision driver is just someone who obviously drives specifically and if they say you know, I needed to drive up this place and make that turn and land on this mark. So it's not stunt driving flips or flying through the air or through fire or anything. Just precisely it's driving. just precisely driving. And that was my term, uh, precision driver. And I, and I could have become a kick butt precision driver. You could have been a baby driver. I could have been a baby driver. That's what with, you're saying. That's what I could have said. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that at all. Fast but that's and the fine. Furious. Fast and the Furious. All of those. But that's, see, they're a little more stunt driver, but I could do a lot of precision driving. A lot of precision driving, and I don't know why I thought of this, but in Batman with Heath Ledger, like the whole truck driving thing, the people before all the big stunts when the truck flipped and stuff like that, they're all precision drivers. So that's another term that if you ever want to do, it's a really fun, actually, it's a fun gig. And I kind of regretted that I didn't do that because I would have gotten residuals on the movies I precision Sorry. drove on. But it but the problem with precision driving was they said, hey, we're doing a job in three weeks. Can you book with us for three weeks? And then I thought, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to get any auditions in that time. Right. It was too hard to plan ahead. You can't really plan ahead. If they call me the night before and said, hey, can you come precision drive for us? That's probably what I should have done. And I think they would have let me do that. But, you know. It w- it was fun, and I wrecked three trucks. Whoa! Well, because they asked me to, because they said, you know, you're driving too well, and we have two other trucks, and we have to, you know, show our budget makes sense. So they said you can be a little rougher on the truck. So like I would cut across fields and stuff like that, and then I was like, oh no, I broke the axle. They're like, thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> so those are some terms we're going to go over a lot more, but you know, take the time, listen to them, like our uh, listener who said they. Take notes so you can write these down just so you can walk into the auditions and the sets that you work on. And the set stuff we'll even have for your student films that we've told you to do if you're even in a small town and not in Chicago or L.A. or uh, New York or Atlanta. Wow, it's part of this. You say that now. Now you say Atlanta. Not crazy? So these are some great terms. Hope they were helpful. Roxy, where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And you can find me at that guy SMW in uh, Instagram on Insta in Instagram on Instagram or on Twitter and, in the computer. and yes, and at Sean Whalen Peeps on Facebook. Join that group. And as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.